Hello and welcome to episode 97 of the Liverpool Comedy Improvcast with me, Ian Luke-Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community and a place where we delve into all sorts of improv topics. And today, my guest is one of my oldest, longest, dearest, greatest friends on this earth. She is also a big supporter of improv. Her name is Sam Wilkes, and you are going to love getting to know her. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We're even available on Amazon Podcasts, which means that you can ask Alexa to play the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help get our name out there. Now it's time to go off script and find out Sam's true story about supporting those people that like to make stuff up. And please welcome this week's guest. It's Sam. Hello, Sam. Hello, Ian. How are you, my dear? I am wonderful. Uh, I'm very excited to have you on the show. And people listening uh, will probably have no idea who you are, but I'm going to reveal all now and uh, say who you are and why I wanted to have you on the show, which might be good for you to listen to, because then you'll realize <laughs> when, yeah. when you're on the show. <laughs> Still wondering. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. For everyone listening, Sam is one of my oldest and dearest friends. We've been friends since we were 16. And you've sort of been with me every step of the way ever since I met you, really, in whatever sort of creative outlet I am going down the road of. You're always there to support me. You you came to basically every gig I ever had as a musician, whether it was solo, whether it was with my, my band. And you came to pantomimes I was in. You've you've supported everything and then when i got into improv you were supporting me uh you've been supporting me the whole time you come to pretty much every show that i put on or gigs that i'm a part of that someone else puts on like you've been to you've been to lci shows that i've been a part of you you've been to flincher funny bone things you've been to oikas things here when i put shows on at haggy pankies you're always there and We'll talk about our sort of our history of improv together in a bit because, you know, we used to spend many hours watching Who's Lines Anyway from when we were quite young right into, <laughs> into, our, well, into our nows. I don't know how else to say it because we still enjoy yeah. Who's Lines Anyway. Uh, so that is as good an introduction I think I can probably give you. So <laughs> over to you. <laughs> yeah, I've enjoyed every one of them. Look, you have not disappointed once. <laughs> so you're a big fan of improv but you're not a performing sort of person so i just wanted to get your perspective really because you come to a lot of shows you've seen a short form you've seen a long form and i always have people on here that know quite a lot of in-depth things about improv so it was it's going to be good just to get your insight what is it you like about improv and what what is it because i I know you come to support me, but if you didn't enjoy improv, you probably wouldn't come to as many gigs. So there's got to be something that you really like about improv that keeps you coming back. Well, yeah, because I mean, it's always obviously it's always really, really funny. Uh, but I think what I really admire about you all when you do it, it's just you're just so quick. The wit is just absolutely unreal. It's like somebody will show, I don't know, crocodile. And then all of a sudden you've got all these skits and you're doing all these things making everyone laugh just off the cuff i just think it's amazing <laughs> very clever well if someone says crocodile then you do have to make it snappy 
case in point. <laughs> now, so you have, you've known me uh, for a long time, uh, know me longer than um, most people I know. There's only, uh, there's only my family and a very select small group of other people that have known me longer. And you know that I've always loved puns and one-liners and sort of quips that are just off the cuff. And in yeah. a way, there was never really, there was never really sort of a channel for it. So you got to see how me finding improv actually really found a channel for it all and like a place where it properly belonged. So yeah. what's your take on that? Um, yeah, well, like I said, I've kind of seen you from the beginning evolve. I've seen, I'll admit, I've done the eye rolls where you've come out with the one-liners and things like that. But seeing you in do that in your improv setting and such like that and just see how you bounce off everyone. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just very proud of you because you're very very funny when you do it. So and again, and you can see how you like I said evolve from then from the years that you've been doing it right up till today. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so yes, you're doing very well. <laughs> now we have been big fans of Who's Lines anyway ever since we met, and um, we discovered I guess fairly early on in our friendship that we were fans of of Who's Line. But I guess it was probably our late teens, early 20s when we would sit around for hours watching it and finding clips of it on, on YouTube and, and stuff. And there was a period of time when it was on 5 USA. I don't even know if that's a channel anymore, but it was it is. a while. And I used to record it and we'd, we'd catch up on it loads or we'd just watch it on YouTube. And we've always really enjoyed it. So what sort of impact would you say whose lines it anyway has had on your life as a non-performer? Um, I mean, well, I, as a non-performer, I must admit, when I was watching it, you do steal the jokes that you really like. But I do find as well, when you watch it that much, it does tend to have an impact on your own sense of humour as well. So it's like I said, I, I, like, I'll steal the little one-liners and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's just really interesting to see because obviously on whose line is it anyway they do the whole props thing don't they they'll bring out I don't know a pool noodle and pretend to be an elephant like <laughs> so yeah it, it definitely got me interested to be honest but um like I look and think oh I wish I could do that but you think now let's leave it to the professionals <laughs> <laughs> well you did actually have a go not that long ago, I, I, I guess a few months ago, when we had a show at Hanky Panky's in Chester, you did get up and you, you played one of the games. What was that like, getting up and doing your first scene after spending all of these years watching other people do it? Well, to be fair, it's like when you've just said, what kind of impact does it have as a non-performer? What impact it's had as, on me as a non-performer? It did give me a little bit more confidence because like I said I've been, I've been to a few so I knew how it worked and everything like that you'd have the crowd shout something out saying right do this do that so yeah it was nerve-wracking to be honest mm -hmm. I was shaking but I thought just switch off it'll be absolutely fine and then yeah, like at all the people you do it with as well like because you have the gossip there as well you had new Roikers there so and everyone's really really nice and it was easier than I thought for me to bounce off them so, yeah, it was a good experience. Definitely confidence building, if anything. Oh, that's good. I'm glad that you felt it built your confidence. I, I remember how much you were buzzing afterwards to the point where you were saying, oh, I think I'm going to do this again. <laughs> so yeah. 
<laughs> a little yeah, bit of time has passed since then. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of time has <laughs> passed since then, and probably that high has gone. But do you think you'll you'll dip your toes in the improv pool again? I will fully admit I'd like to. Yeah, it's just getting that that jig up to go, isn't it? Because like I said, I'm, I'm not the most confident person, but I'll always say, you know, give it a go because you never know, do you? Um, but yeah, no, I'd like to think I would be brave enough to do it again. So again, when I next come and see you, love, maybe during the jam at the end, <laughs> I get off me behind. <laughs> Excellent. Now, it's funny that you perceive yourself as not the most confident person because, you know, I've known you for a long time. I think I know you very well. And I think you are a very confident person and you're one of those people that if anyone meets you instantly, they're your friend and they're your friend for life. And you, you're always there for people and you're front and center. You're not the sort of person that's there for people and you just hide away in the background. So everything that you do from my point of view sort of exudes confidence. So it's interesting that you perceive that you're not a confident person. Oh, maybe I should have gone into acting. Maybe that is my call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, thank you. But I, I don't know. I suppose it's just you, you just try to switch off. It's one of these things. I'm assuming, um, like I said, when I go up for the improv, it's either a do or die situation, is it? You either sit in a corner, shake and cry on your own, or you just think, right, just get over yourself and join in. Because, I mean, that is the more fun option, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, we've been to many, many a gig together and you're always yeah. like up dancing away in, in the midst of, of hundreds and thousands of people. And uh, again, you know, not necessarily the actions of a, of a non-confident person. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, to be fair, back in the day, the drink probably had a lot to do with that. I mean, we had some good old girls allowed jump sessions and such like, didn't we? <laughs> Yes, I think that's helped with the dancing experience. <laughs> but again, it's, it's one of these things, isn't it? You've got to get up and get involved. Well, it's interesting. Again, there you've mentioned the drink. So I, I think most people listening know that I don't drink alcohol at all. To the, to the point no. I've never been drunk in my life, uh, even though I have an uh, I have an alcohol license from when I used to run a bar. Um, yeah. I've never never been a drinker, and no. although you do drink. I can think of countless nights where you don't drink. You don't need alcohol to have a good time. And you still will get up and dance the night away with me, which pretty much anyone else I know won't do without alcohol. No. Well, again, I think we got into a nice rhythm, didn't we, to be fair? We got the songs on. It's like that night in Rosie's, I think it was. Was it Paradise by the Dashboard Light came on? We literally had the whole dance floor, me and you, didn't we? Yeah. And it's literally, right, come on, let's go. <laughs> do it like professionals yeah th there's some nights that really stick in my mind there was the night you just mentioned rosie's in chester back in the day and it was the full length paradise by the dashboard light by meatloaf and we just improved the whole dance routine and everyone cleared the dance floor and just watched the whole thing i also remember there was another club i think it was a short-lived nightclub it was upstairs somewhere in chester and it was Paris Hilton, Stars Are Blind came on, and we did we did a routine to that, and it was a similar situation. Everyone just sort of crowded around us and watched us put on this routine. Oh, how we did get chucked out of there was a miracle. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you were there 
you were there the night in in Liverpool. So we had a night out in Liverpool, and I think I had heat stroke because I, I I was really ill. Mm. But obviously, I don't drink, and people had thought that I was really drunk. Uh, yeah, but I I'd, I'd only been drinking water, and I think it was heat stroke we determined because it was in the middle of the summer. It was really hot, and yeah. I I remember being in the club, and I I, I took my trousers off because I was so hot. Do you remember this? Yeah, it's coming back to me. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I felt so sick and I was so hot. And our fr- our friend was was with us, and and he sort of slapped me in the face to try and make me come too, but it didn't it didn't work. And then I just sort of went to the corner, and I was just too hot, and I wasn't I wasn't myself. I just took my trousers off, and then and then you were like, right, we need to go now. We need, and I was driving us home, so yeah. we got those that were coming in my car. We walked through the town. Like and there's police officers around, <laughs> and and you're trying to hide the fact that I've I've got no trousers on. They just fling them over your shoulder. Walk again. Walk with confidence. <laughs> yeah, and I was fine as soon as we got outside and I got fresh air. I got some more water down me. I was fine, and we sort of determined it was an adverse reaction to the heat. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you were there for that. You've been been there for many key moments <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Yes, like the France moment as well. That was a similar one, wasn't it? Where you, you poor thing, you had a hell of a day, didn't you? Oh yeah. With the, the rubber rings and then with the the fair. <laughs> yeah, so I'll explain about that. We were in France, south of France, on a camping trip. What were we about twenty, twenty one, something like that, twenty two? Early twenties, wasn't it? Yeah, twenties. And we went to a water park, and we there was a, this sort of slide thing where you sit on a ring. And it takes you down the rapids, but it was kind of carved out of like rock or something. It was really like a rough surface, wasn't it? it Which was. is fine because you're supposed to sit in a rubber ring. I hit the first corner, flipped out of the ring, and was dragged down this slide all the way to the bottom, trying to get back in my ring the entire time, and I couldn't. I was flailing around. People were going over me in their rings, and. Yeah. I was scraping my skin. All my body was was scraping all against the slide on the way down. I like I thought I thought it was it. I thought I thought I was dying on a slide in France. I thought my life was over. Every now and again my head would pop out of the water, I'd get some breath, and then I was back under the water. Finally get to the bottom. I'm floating in, in the pool at the bottom, thinking, uh, have I made it? Am I actually alive? <laughs> my body was in agony because I'd been ripped to shreds by by the slide itself. And then I just remember, I finally think, oh, God, there's my ring. I crawl into my ring, lying there thinking, oh, I've survived. <laughs> and then I'm getting prodded. And there's, there's a, just a Frenchman shouting at me, and he's got a big stick, and he's poking me with it, shouting. I assume he's telling me to get out of the pool. I don't speak French. <laughs> um, and so I finally I sort of managed to drag my way to the edge of the pool, and then I just flopped on the edge of the pool. and. Yeah, I was. My skin was ripped to shreds, and after that, you taught me the the joys of pseudocreme, something I've sworn by ever since. <laughs> never, never be without it. There is never a situation where that stuff does not come in handy. <laughs> and then, was it the same day when we went to the fair? It was the same day. Yeah, so we got home. Hopefully, we had a shower and everything like that. We had to settle down. Nighttime came, we went to the fair. And I always forget, is it round and round? You can do up and down, you just can't do round and round. That is correct. Yeah. 
Um, so I remember we took you off, didn't we? We sat you down, so we all sat down, got you a drink of water, obviously, because you were stone cold sober. Um, and this, what, um, 15, was it 15 or 17 year old French girl came up and said, aren't you a bit young to be drinking? <laughs> so, yeah, we went, we went on a ride and it smacked my head around. Um, it was one of those, you know, it wasn't like, like a top of the range fairground. It was like a cheap little fairground. One of the rides we went on, I remember there was a girl screaming. It was in French, so I didn't understand it, yeah. but I could see what was going on. It was like, it was called G-Force. I remember the name of the ride. And the her, her thing didn't come down. So you sit in the seats and then you pull the things over your shoulders and the ride was about yeah. to start and hers didn't come down. So it she was screaming for help yeah. no one came to help and they started the ride she had to hold on for dear life so that's, the, that's the the uh the caliber of of fairground we were at and then we went on this other thing and yeah i can go up and down roller coasters all day but i can't really do spinning around and this thing was spinning me around so hard but my head was actually hitting against the side because i was done i guess we were like in these little in, individual pods and it hung us upside down Loads of people were losing money. There was jewellery falling all over the place. Yeah. And my head was being smacked about, smacked about. And I got off the ride. And I I remember getting off the ride. And then I only have very vague memories of what happened after. I remember you guys had to help me walk. I couldn't really walk. I remember you sitting me down. I remember this girl coming and, and talking to me wherever you sat me down. And I was super confused because I couldn't understand why I couldn't understand her. And then I found out later it's because she was talking to me in French, which makes sense when you're in France. <laughs> uh, and you guys had to carry me back to the tent. And I look, you've got a picture, as you say, and I'm glazed over and I look like I am wasted, but I seriously wasn't. I, I had just been smacked in the head too many times. <laughs> Bless you. I did feel sorry for you that day, God love. <laughs> oh, bless you. Never to be repeated again, hopefully. Never to be repeated. Never. Um, it was Frages. It was called Frages, the place we were in, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. It was. I mean, we had a great holiday. It was great. But uh, <laughs> I don't think your improv skills would have been up to par on that night. So it's probably a good job. <laughs> this was before the improv part of your life. <laughs> maybe it's it's all the smacking around of the head that actually helped me with improv. Who knows? Maybe maybe that, that switched on the pun part of my brain. Very possibly. <laughs> Thank you, France. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I should say about about you is we grew up very close to each other. Mm-hmm. But where you grew up, you have like a, a completely different sort of language to where I grew up. Because <laughs> I grew yes. up I grew up in Hollywell, uh, which is a place in North Wales, and you grew up just down the road in a place called Greenfield. And we met in college, sixth form college. Yeah. And up until that point, you know, I I lived in sort of a very different bubble because I went to Catholic school, Catholic primary school, Catholic high school, a completely yeah. different sort of circle of friends. And you went to the, the local high school that was just down the road from where I actually lived. Um, yeah. I remember me, meeting you and there was you and a, another group that I became good friends with and you seemingly had like a completely different way of speaking. Yes. Yes. It was a slang such as, Oh, it's called me. 
there's that one word now that always confuses people that I'm from like Greenfield. <laughs> yeah. So I was actually I was actually trying to explain the word now to Seki the other day. Um, oh really? <laughs> yeah. So I'm hoping that you can explain to listeners of the podcast how someone from Greenfield would in- incorporate nigh into a sentence. Right, oh, here we go. So it's very hard. It's like a natural way of speaking. So it's like um, having the pant and the dog's just come into the room. <laughs> so Animal friendly. Like, oh, can you give me two seconds just so he's chewing on polystyrene? Oh, <laughs> I'm dear. so <Yeah>. sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, it's not the first time a dog has invaded the uh, the podcast. Had many... <laughs> Many a pooch and oh, croach on recording time. I'm enjoying watching it, to be honest. I'm not, gonna, what he is. <laughs> I'm not going to edit it out. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, it's improvisation. We can't expect these things, can we? <laughs> so, for example, I'd be like, oh, the dog's got the polystyrene knife. <laughs> Just for example. And yeah, um, you call people shill as well, right? Oh, God, yeah, I've not heard that for years. Shill, yeah, that's shill or shilling. That was, that was a nana phrase. That was like, oh, you're like chill. I'm like, oh, I missed that phrase. I might bring it back to life at some point. <laughs> so Yeah, but no, that was a very Greenfield, Hollywell way of um, way of greeting someone, much like um, Wrexham, it's um, oh, like, oh, you're right, cock, or something like that, or you're right, shag. That's a very yeah. Wrexham, like mate type of thing, isn't it? Yeah, very yeah, regional. totally. Well, if you if you go and say those things to people other places, it, they probably take offence. But most definitely, <laughs> I remember. It's so like I lived, a... I lived in Stoke for a bit, and they called people duck. Yeah, I remember. All right, duck. <laughs> Surprised you didn't quack back. <laughs> well, it used to used to really bug me. So when I ran the bar, um, we sold Heineken. That was one of the lagers that we sold, and they couldn't say Heineken in Stoke because they don't say their H's. So it'd be like, all right, duck, I'll have an Anakin. And I'm like, <laughs> would you like it with a H? Yeah. <laughs> Side That's order of H. <laughs> you know what, but you never came back because you were there for like a good like year and a half or so, weren't you? You never came back with an accent. Oh, no, I'm, I don't pick up accents. You pick up accents. No. You can go on holiday for a weekend and you'll come back with an accent. Yes. Yes, but I don't like people to think that I'm taking the mick out of them, as it were. <laughs> so. Well, that's the thing. Like In terms of actually putting on accents, I don't think that's a skill of yours. You just absorb accents naturally, don't you? Yes. Oh, God, yeah. No, if you were to ask me to you know, do an Australian accent, I, no, absolutely not. I'd sound like I was having some kind of aneurysm or something like <laughs> that. But, yeah. But when <laughs> you came back from Australia, around... you had an Australian accent for a bit. Did I actually? I remember having a twang. I didn't realise they had a full-on Australian accent. Yeah, well, yeah, there was a definite twang. There was a definite, this isn't how Sam normally talks sort of situation. Um, but I've experienced that with you a few times when you've come back from somewhere. There's a few times that you've been away and you've come back and you've picked up the accent and you've been there for a very short space of time and you just seem like a local. Yes, well, Welsh is me worse, but obviously, you know, being from... Hollywell Greenfield, we're known as the plastic scouts of the world out because they're right across from the Wirral. So I went down to South Wales, started chatting, and obviously you've got, you know, the age old feud between North and South, haven't you? Yeah. So I was chatting like, 
are you sure you're not from South Wales? I'm like, no, definitely from North. Oh, you sound exactly like me. I'm like, oh, all right then. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that. (laughs) But yeah, no, doing it naturally. Um, Unlike you, no, because you're really good, like all the accents and things like that. It's like if you ask you to do Scottish, you could do it off the cuff. It's definitely not a skill I have. (laughs) (laughs) I've actually got two Irish girls in my class this year and I love it because I'm sort of immersed in the accent every day and I I get to sort of practice. I mean, I checked with them at the start of the year if, if they would mind if I spoke with an Irish accent to them because um, because I always talk in accents to my classes. I'm always doing yeah. different accents because, you know, children enjoy silly things like that. Um, but I checked with the girls at the start of the year. I said, look, I love to do accents. I'm going to be doing accents a lot. Would you mind if I did my Irish accent? Uh, if you think it's going to be uh, offensive in any way, I won't do it. And uh, yeah. they were fine with it. They like it when I do it. Um, particularly one of them who really like sort of, she comes up specifically because she wants me to talk to her with my Irish accent. Yeah. And it's actually really helped me to to hone my Irish accent, which which is good. <laughs> Well, was it, oh God, was it in when we were heading back from Italy and the car broke down and we had to get a taxi? And weren't you speaking in, oh God, what accent was it? Oh, it was Dutch. Yeah, it was Dutch, that was it. Yes. <laughs> swore you were from Holland, weren't you? Very good. Flawless is what it was. There was nothing really to prompt that. But yeah, we broke down. There were two cars of us and our car, there was me, there was you, there was my brother. And was there one other with us in that car, I think? But it turned out that we were going to have to get basically a taxi to a nearby airport where there was a car rental place where my brother's insurance company had sorted it, that we could then have a car, which we could drive across Europe back to the ferry all the way back, back home. And when the taxi driver picked us up, I got in the taxi, he started to talk to us and I decided I was going to be Dutch. And I, (laughs) We were in Switzerland, weren't we? Yeah. And I kept yeah. up the charade for the entire journey, uh, just hoping that this guy didn't actually speak Dutch or wasn't Dutch and couldn't call me out on it. So, yeah, I don't speak Dutch at all, but I love to do the Dutch accent. It's one of my favorites. And for that trip, I was Dutch. So I was sort of improving before, uh, long before I was officially improving. And again, you did it well because we were in that car a good 20 minutes and it wasn't just like you said, one sentence or two. They was whole-blown conversations in a Dutch accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were made for it, love. Made for improv. <laughs> I um, I did the Dutch thing in Turkey once as well. I remember I uh, saw our old friend, uh, Steve. We, we were in Turkey and we were out in a bar and there was a girl that he'd seen that he liked and she was there with a friend and <laughs> he he went over and then we discovered that they were Dutch. Well, well, he was over there talking and then he discovered that they were Dutch. So then I thought it was a great opportunity to, to be his Dutch friend and, and help him out. So <laughs> I went over there and I was pretending that I was Dutch. Uh, with these with these Dutch girls trying to trying to be a good friend and, and help him out. Um, and they played along with it for a while and then they were like saying, saying to Steve, like, why is your friend pretending he's Dutch? He's clearly not Dutch. 
<laughs> and I was like, oh man, is my Dutch accent not good enough? I've been picked up uh, by the locals for uh, for being a fraud. Um, <laughs> but I think it's improved a lot since then. Yes, exactly. Well, that just gave you the extra push that you needed to, you know, improve your goals, <laughs> improve your accent. Uh, but yeah, I used to... I used to do a lot of accents and stuff like on our college bus and things. And it's funny how I look back and I look at all the situations I've been in in life. And then I look at improv now and I'm like, wow, I've been so influenced by situations I've been in, by the people that were around me. And you've been there for like basically all of it. I have. Very, very proud mama vibes at the moment, I've got to say. <laughs> um. So... Moving forwards, we've spoken about you possibly doing some improv. What improv games is it that you watch that you think, oh, I think I could, I think I could do all right at that type of game? So, when um, we did the hanky pankies, because I I've seen a fair few games that you that you've done quite a bit of, and um, I was I thought right, I'll sign one up. Now me not thinking of it because the nerves had kicked in by then. Do you know what was it the um, the answer the question with the question game oh yeah questions only yeah that's the one i thought oh i'll sign up for that so then seki blesser came over put me name down i said oh yeah put me down for the alphabet game why i thought that was questions only i have no idea but as soon as she walked <laughs> away i'm like oh no that's not what i meant to sign up for <laughs> <laughs> so obviously got up and you know in true graceful Sam style, knocked my head on the lamp going up, nearly gave myself concussion, which, you know, relaxed me a bit, kind of took the focus off the improv. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh, that that was nerve-wracking. I'm quite impressed I managed to get through 26 lessons, but I remember looking at Seki when I got to the letter H, and I'm like, my, my poor face must have looked so panicked, but God love her. She helped like an absolute superstar. Because, <laughs> like, um, David says something, I'm like, oh, my God, comes after B, your mind just goes blank. <laughs> But yeah, but in that's definitely that was a good game. Um, the music game as well. You've got music playing in the background, and you're all come in and play different scenes. Oh yeah, scene to music. Oh, I'm awful. Yes, yes, <laughs> that one's always a good one. But um, yeah, and that that one I'd quite like to have a go at. But yeah, there, there's there's not one particular thing I think I'd be great at or bad at. I kind of think it's with improv. You just got to give it a go and. See how it turns out at the end of the day, haven't you? Yeah, and I think one thing people struggle with is the idea of, oh no, I'm going to get up there and I'm going to look like a fool because I'm not going to get it right. But improv is the perfect place to to get up and try things because it not going right is kind of what makes it good, and then it's how you you deal with that because it it may not be right inverted commas but because that's what happened it is right because in improv whatever happens you know you yes and it and you, you take that and you build on it and that's one of the things i love about improv is that it teaches you to fail spectacularly so when you're in life and things don't go right it's fine because you can just take that situation for what it is and yes and it and and move on Oh, God, yeah, no, you, you definitely learn to laugh at you. I mean, you've got to laugh at yourself anyway, haven't you, in, in life in general. But, yeah, you, you do learn to laugh at yourself. But the good thing is, the thing with improv, um, is nobody's laughing at you, as it were. Everyone's laughing with you, even if you have, you know, done something completely wrong, like you say, 
that's the beauty of it, isn't it? No one's they're laughing at you, but with you, if that makes sense. A hundred percent, yeah. We laugh, we laugh with each other in improv, not at each other, and that's yeah. I guess one of the things I love about it because there was a little while there where I felt like, oh, maybe I'd like to be a stand-up comedian. You know, I love jokes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But there's something about the stand-up circuit that kind of puts me off. And it, it's it's the fact that you laugh at people. You you poke fun at people in the audience. And uh, you, it it just creates this sort of this tension that I don't Brutal enjoy. Is the word you're looking for. Say again? <laughs> Brutal is the way it's yeah, yeah. Um but I don't enjoy I don't enjoy making people feel bad and in improv you just make people feel good. And I think yeah, that's yes. one of the things I love about it. Yeah. And that's the thing is Dolly like looking like obviously when I met everyone could the gloss up and improv trooper there as well weren't they and god love them never met them once before in my life and i must apologize i'm awful with names who was the and um, the girl with the glasses and the short blonde hair that i was oh, no. up with um, jess jess yeah god bless her she was lovely she she made it a lot easier as well to be fair because you know she gave you the prompts as did dave and yeah i think that's what i like about the like like with the improv community as well everyone's just dead supportive of each other and you see the difference of people in real life let's say but then as soon as they're up doing their improv it's like boom personality switch um again apologize for the names there's one girl i think she comes to um, funny bones on monday um i sat down chatted to her she's dead quiet dead timid lovely lovely gorgeous girl and then as soon as she gets up it, like I'm pretty sure that's not who I was sitting there speaking to about 30 <laughs> seconds ago <laughs> it's like this big larger than life personality you just and you've all seen as she did like there was just absolutely no fear there whatsoever yeah I think that is one thing improvisers and comedians share generally is uh, like a lot of comedians are famously sort of quite shy and reserved when they're not on stage doing their act and improvisers are often like that as well sort of quite shy unassuming off stage and then they get up there and it's just to me it's like a drug it's like there's some sort of adrenaline that just kicks in that drives you to to places that you just can't get to when you're not up there doing improv yeah yeah no no you can totally understand that because i suppose it's that when you know that you're making someone laugh it kind of it's kind of like a, a selfless selfish type thing it's feel good that you make people laugh and it's good that you're making them laugh but you get that little boost as well going yeah i did that (laughs) yeah yeah it's like when i was in a band you only ever got the feeling of of how great it was to be in a band when you had an audience Mm. and the great thing about improv is the people that you're doing it with they're actually an audience as well so even if it's just a drop-in session or it's a, a session practicing with your troupe and you don't have an audience there the fact that you're in a, a room or you're in a Zoom room with other people, you have an audience. Even if there's just one other person for you to bounce off, mm. you have an audience. And yeah, you laugh with each other. And there's been many a time when I've had a really bad day and mm. I'll, I'll come online for one of my online improv sessions or I'll go to one of my in-person sessions. And after two hours of improv, 
all of my worries and stresses of the day have been washed away and sort of cleansed with laughter. And it, it's a, a great feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Food for the soul, as it were. Yeah. Food for the soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, again, again, this is, and again, why you enjoy it so much and you have done for ages, even before, like I said, you got into it probably, like I said, since like the age of what, 17, 18 and onwards, the influences of things like Hoopline is anyway and all that kind of thing. It's just kind of driven you. Because I know you've always been influenced by that and you've always said, oh, you know, I'd love to do this. So it definitely suits you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and uh <laughs> So because you used to come to my gigs, you would see when I used to do my old sound check, which was basically an improv song. I used to come out a bit earlier on when oh, yeah. there was a small crowd and I would like have a quick chat with someone in the audience and then I would just make up a song and that was my sound check. I'm doing my levels and things, but I'd be singing a song to someone in the audience. And I do that now in an, in an improv setting. And uh, yeah, it's it's just funny how it's all sort of come full circle like that well yeah because like talking about it now if you think about it it's or even before you started doing it as you are now it's always kind of been there in the background doesn't it just every now and again poking its way out in certain situations yeah i think so yeah it's always been there and then i was just very fortunate really that i found liverpool comedy improv when i found liverpool comedy improv because yeah yeah, it, it was it was finally oh I, I think I've described it on the podcast before. I in many ways I, I always felt like a square peg in a round hole. Yeah. Until I found improv and I was like, Wow, this is my community. This is fully where I fit in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think the first I think the first time I saw you do it properly, it was at the Liverpool, wasn't it? We um took a ship yes. to Liverpool, didn't we? Yeah. And I just remember watching, I'm like, fair play to him. Like I said, and I know I could be sure when you did the one right liners, I always roll my eyes and go, get out. <laughs> but watching in your improv, you you do such a good job. Yeah. Because I was watching thinking, hey, he's slotted right into this with ease. <laughs> yeah, you were there at my very first improv gig. It was an LCI show just before the pandemic. Uh, everything was a bit up in the air about about this this pandemic situation that we were going to be in, no one really knew what was coming. And there were quite a few people that didn't actually go to that gig because they mm. were worried about things. And I remember Emma that runs uh, Liverpool Comedy Improv, Emma Bird, she was having to scramble around and get people to fill in for teams and, and stuff because people weren't showing mm. up. But that's the great thing about improv as well. Like people could just slot in and make things work. Whereas, you know, if it's a structured play and there's specific lines and all that, if if, if your lead character doesn't turn up, oh, no, it's, it's crazy. But yeah. in improv, you can just switch around and fit in. It's great. Yeah, no, no, it is. And it's like the different because um, I think I only learned about like the long form that she brought from, from you when you started doing it, it was at that show. Um, I can't remember the couple that got up. They did that long form, didn't they? It went on for about 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, dear God, this is just an idea from the air. And they just come up with this whole 20-minute session, not knowing who's saying what and what's going on, where it's going to go. And I just remember looking at you going, oh, this got dark real quick. <laughs> but it was just so impressive. Because um, I know you do short form, but I reckon, I think you'd be pretty good at long form as well, because you've done a couple of long form sessions, haven't you? 
Oh yeah, I, I've done a lot of long form. Um, <laughs> interestingly, the the last show that uh, I did in Cafe Issa, mm. uh, we did a long form set, and that was that was the one that you weren't able to make it to because you were out hiking. I know. Um, so we did we did it a long form set. So I have done a lot of long form, but when we do shows, yeah. it's always is, is generally always sure. the short form stuff. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I do enjoy a good long form set, and that a couple the sex lies and improvisation that was their name. That's the one. Yeah, uh, I've done a course with them actually. Uh, yeah, they do very good. Learn some good stuff from yeah. them. In fact, I kind of like it when I do something serious because people are so used to me being so jokey. That when I end up doing something serious, uh, it really takes people by surprise. So they really take notice because so, yeah. they're kind of waiting. Where's where's the pun? Where's where's the one yeah. word going to be? And then it doesn't come, and they're like, "Oh, that was quite intense, actually." Yeah, I think it's more the shock factor, isn't it? Like because they're not used to you being very serious, which you know, very good actor can do serious really well. They just don't expect it, do they? Because you're always again laughy, jokey. It's the funny side of things as opposed to the serious side of things. Yeah. It's a bit like, you know, Robin Williams and Jim Carrey, for example, they've done some very serious films mm. known for being very funny people. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very talented. Everyone's got two sides. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's been delightful to, to have you to come on and chat. And I hope people can feel from listening to this just how important it is to have supportive friends in your life that are going to be there supporting you whatever you do and people that enjoy the things that you do and i think everyone needs a sam in their life oh, bless you <laughs> well there's only one unfortunately i don't think the world could handle two <laughs> and well, you're lucky enough to have her <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants to to meet sam you'll probably meet her uh, if there's an improv gig that i'm at or that i'm running because she's so supportive she'll probably be there absolutely 100 percent i will do nay nay oh, well done <laughs> for that one. <laughs> well uh thank you very much uh it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for having me darling it's always a pleasure never a chore well thank you so much to sam it was really cool for me to have her on the show as i said at the start there she is one of my oldest greatest friends and she is super supportive and there's lots of people that I know listen to this show that will have met her because she's there uh, just in their audience watching she, she's really sociable and she'll come around and talk to everyone and yeah just keep a lookout for her if you're at any future shows in the area you may well bump into Sam and I promise you if you start a conversation with her you will not regret it thank you very much to Sam it was really really great to have her on can you believe that that was the end of episode 97 97 episodes we are ever so close to that 100th episode and i've got loads of great plans for the show i'm ever so busy right now and as i'm drawing close to my half term in terms of uh, my job as a teacher i know normally half term would be oh yeah look great let's get loads of episodes recorded but i'm going to be in berlin so I'm going to put myself even further behind the eight ball when it comes to getting episodes out. But I shall endeavour to do my best to keep the shows coming. I really want to get to episode 100 because I've got a great show coming up then. I've still got lots of great guests that I need to line up. Some of these guests, I guess I'm going to have to wait till the new year just because life is, is very hard to arrange people into a very busy schedule. But 
there is a lot of great content coming your way and I really look forward to bringing it to you. Thanks to Sam. That was really great. And thanks to you for listening. Those of you that are listening, perhaps this is your very first time. I really appreciate the fact that you came and gave this a listen today. If you can um, come back, you know, that would be much appreciated. Now, if you're interested in getting into improv or you're already involved in improv and want to try out a different improv scene, then all the information you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk. You can also check us out on Facebook by searching for Liverpool Comedy Improv and on X and Instagram, we are at Live Comedy Improv. This show has a specific Facebook page, so do go out and find us on Facebook and give us a like, give us a share, whatever you do, uh, we would really appreciate it. Just search for the Liverpool Comedy Improvcast and you'll find the show on Facebook. If you're a member of the LCI community and you'd like to be a guest on the show, then please get in touch with me or with Emma Bird and we'll make arrangements as soon as possible. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please give us five stars and write us a lovely little review because there's little things like that that really help to boost the show and get our name out there. If you want to find me on social media, you are more than welcome. You can find me all over the place. I'm on YouTube, Facebook, X, TikTok, LinkedIn. Um... I might have missed some there, but I'm on basically all of them. And you can find me, just search for at Ian Luke Jones. And oh, Instagram. Did I say Instagram? That's one of them. At Ian Luke Jones. That's I A I N L U K E Jones. And yeah, if you want to find what I'm up to, all of my social media platforms are slightly different. Some of them are a bit more personal, some of them are a bit more sort of businessy, aimed more at my, my voice acting stuff. But yeah, you know give me a like a follow or whatever it is and let's connect that would be great right it's decided for me to leave thank you very much for listening to the end uh, your dedication is very much appreciated but before i go here are some words that are wise 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 always remember whatever the situation to treat life like improv and yes and <laughs>